It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Forget Tim McGraw is going to be in Eau Claire this next summer at uh, the new Country Jam ground. So he will be here. It's been a few years. I don't know if he'll bring my girlfriend with him or not, uh, but we'll find <laughs> out because uh, I'm sure he's afraid that I might take her away from him. But that's his luck. All right. <laughs> Jody Messina and Tim McGraw bring on the rain. And as we said, we're bringing it on. And a lot of other things, too. We'll bring on uh, Bob and Jill here as we look at the chores at the shank of the day. First thing we looked at is the Powerball. I forgot to buy a ticket for last night, but it's a good thing I didn't. I saved some money. You did, because no big winners this year, this this week. All Uh, right. And the jackpot's growing to $1.5 billion. For Saturday night, $1.5 billion. All right. So uh, that's something you can worry about or take up a collection among all the people you work with and throw throw your money away at that. But uh, good luck if you do buy tickets because I plan to buy them. Other things going on outside of agriculture, if you uh, missed it, the World Series is now tied up at two games apiece as Houston's pitching through a no-hitter at the Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, Philadelphia came off their high perch from the night before. And Tom Vilsack, Agriculture Secretary, going to be in Wisconsin today, including pretty close to our area in Chippewa County, and also uh, a lot of girls. Triple Falls McDonald, Chai High, Bloomer, and uh, St. Croix Falls, is that right? Yep. All going to the State Girls Volleyball Tournament in Madison, so good luck to all those teams, and we'll also look at some pretty expensive land rents as we uh, move along. People are renting land for what uh, my dad and your dad and grandma and grandpa paid for land to buy. Now they're just paying that to rent. So lots of things to look at this morning as we uh, move ahead. Also, your chance to win a half a hog. I want to tell you about that as a thank you for all your hard work this fall. The farm team is giving the gift of pork this season, and you don't have to be a farmer, but we salute our farmers by doing this, win a half a hog and a chest freezer. Now, the half a hog from Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and the chest freezer from Abbotsford Appliance. It is easy to do. You can go to the Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com or go on your app to register, too. So thank you to all the farmers in our listening area. From uh, yours truly, as well as Jill and Kristen here in the farm department. So uh, get that done, because we'll be giving away that half a hog and the chest freezer to hold it. Coming up here very, very soon. But again, the harvest will continue today, and uh, I assume maybe a little bit tomorrow. But we're going to have some rain. It might slow things down a little bit. So if you get in a hurry today... Make sure you do it safely because we don't want to have any problems out there because we do have rain coming into the area. We'll tell you about it. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Another pretty nice day today, about 65, partly cloudy. I'm not sure if we hit a record yesterday or not. The record was 75. I didn't see how warm it got yesterday officially, did you? It was warm enough for me to wear shorts and a cutoff to feed my cows. Well, that'll work. That'll work. So it was plenty warm, and I had the convertible out for uh, some nice little drives around the countryside. Beautiful day yesterday. Today, partly cloudy, 65. Then some rain moving in. Rain chances uh, pretty good for Friday and Saturday, cooling off. 51 tomorrow, only 46 on Saturday with that chance of rain. 54 on Sunday, partly cloudy. 49 on Monday, 55 on Tuesday, as we should be able to get back to the harvest if the rains aren't too hard and make a mud hole out of things. But we'll check in with Mike Dandry a little bit later on. 60 degrees right now in the Chippewa Valley, and we'll go up about 5 today. It's a minute after 5, 60 degrees. We'll get about 65 today. This is 104.5 FM WAXX. So, Claire, let's start with the news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is blasting Republican candidates who he claims won't accept the results of Tuesday's midterms. They've been bold in violence and intimidation of voters and election officials. We can't ignore the impact this is having on our country. It's damaging 
and it's destructive. At a Democratic National Committee event near the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday, Biden said these Republicans create a path to chaos. His speech comes just days after the attack of the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco. He inferred former President Trump's challenge of the election led to the attack. Recent polls have Republicans gaining some momentum in key races across the U.S. North Korea is firing more missiles towards the Pacific Ocean. Brian Shook reports. On Wednesday, Japan issued an emergency warning for incoming missile launches, telling residents in several cities to seek shelter. The warning was later canceled after reports that the missile passed over Japan and fell into the ocean. This is the latest in a string of missile launches from North Korea over the past week. I'm Brian Shook. Former President Trump is suing the Attorney General of New York and accusing her of harassment. Attorney General Letitia James filed a $250 million lawsuit against Trump and his organization in September, accusing them of fraud. On Wednesday night, Trump announced he's now suing James and is accusing her of abusing her position. In his complaint, Trump claims that James has a long-standing bias against him and is waging a war of intimidation and harassment against him and his organization. On Truth Social, he claimed that James filed the lawsuit because he was leading in the polls. The World Series tied at two games apiece after the Astros no-hit the Phillies in Game 4 Wednesday night in Philadelphia. It was a 5 nothing win, Game 5 set for Thursday in Philly, and the Powerball jackpot now up to an estimated $1.5 billion. No winning ticket was sold after Wednesday's numbers were announced. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, we are looking for a partly cloudy day. High going to be in the mid to upper 60s. No record. We did tie the record yesterday of 75. A beautiful day yesterday. But the weather is a-changing. Friday, Saturday, rain will be around 50 degrees Friday, 46 on Saturday. Then partly cloudy Sunday and Monday will be uh, around 50 degrees both days, about 54 on Sunday. Then uh, Tuesday... 55 and cloudy. We'll check in, as we said, with uh, Mike Dandria. Just see how much rain we're expecting. A shower, a heavy rain, we'll find out. Right now, one of the warm spots, Rice Lake, 59 degrees in Rice Lake. Medford at 49. Wausau, 54, 46 in Marshfield. 60 in La Crosse. 53 in Green Bay. 48 in Madison and Sun Prairie. 54 in Milwaukee. And 59 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. We've got more numbers to look at. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, the market's brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Not only good supporters of agriculture, obviously, but also... Uh, High School Athletics in Wisconsin, and again, good luck to Chippewa Falls McDonald, Chai High, Bloomer, and St. Croix Falls as they head to Madison for the uh, girls' volleyball state tournaments. Well, let's take a look at the market numbers. Livestock, where are we at? Choice-fed beef steers are 145 to 157, with mixed at 90 to 142. Choice-fed beef heifers are 145 to 154, with mixed at 84 to 142. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 128 to 142 with select and silage-fed steers 77 to 127. Cows are 65 to 105 with bulls at 75 to 105. Butcher hogs are 58 to 95 with sows at 59 to 60 and a half. Boars are 22 to 39. Shorn market lambs are 95 to 106. Unshorn market lambs are 95 to 105. Feeder lambs are 50 to 207, with ewes at 35 to 95. Small goats are $10 to $165. Medium goats are 100 to $220. Large goats are 125 to $380. And nanny goats are 25 to $220. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures had the live cattle and lead hogs lower. Feeder cattle were higher. December live cattle, 15140, closing down 55. February at 154.90, down 35. April feeders, 158.50, down 37. And June at 154.20, down 7. Feeder cattle higher. November up $2, 178.92. January up $1.80 at 180 even. March, 181.92, up 122. April at 185.17, up 87. And May feeder cattle, 187.97, that was up 77. Hogs lower, December lean hog carcass contracts, 83.30, down $1.90. February at 87.20, down $1.25. 
April at 92.65, down 95, and May at 97.35, down 70. On the Board of Trade, uh, yesterday in the uh, day trade, corn and wheat were lower on the Russia-Ukrainian situation. Putin says, no, we're not pulling out of that, that export plan. So it put pressure on corn and wheat. Soybeans were higher on really good demand for soybean oil. Overnight on the Board of Trade, December corn gave back 5 to 6 cents. At 681 this morning, the oats down 8 at 383. December wheat down 13 at 832. March soybeans down 14 at 1446. And December meal down 340 a ton, $421.10. Barrel cheese up a penny at 197. Blocks up a penny and three quarters at 197 and three quarters. Butter down another nine cents yesterday, 261. That's down, what, 53, 54 cents in the last three days in the butter markets. November Class 3 up 9 at 2068. December down 4 at 1906. January up 8 at 1890. February up 7 at 1927. And the March Class 3 up 7 at 1950 as prices were mixed through next year. And uh, FFA convention isn't over because we're going back to uh, talk to more students. Jill, uh, who else did you talk to down at uh, Indianapolis that we're going to hear from here in a moment? I caught up to Lily Lemons and Allison Moose from the new Auburn FFA. They took part in the National Agri-Science Fair in the Food Products and Processing Systems Division. Now, I know uh, I talked to those two young ladies at the state FFA convention, and I don't remember which one of those two had a hard time. Which one was it? Allison. All right, Allison. <laughs> Not the most chatty Kathy type of person, but uh, young lady. But she got to uh, Indianapolis for the national finals. We'll hear from those two young ladies from New Auburn, again, courtesy of the Nasonville Dairy. With over 180 family dairy farms being uh, involved with the Nasonville Dairy, and also the folks at H&S Manufacturing in Marshfield and Clintonville will hear from the New Auburn, uh, some of the New Auburn students next on WAX. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. In the sea of blue jackets down here at the 95th National FFA Convention, I caught up with some locals that got to walk across the big stage. They were part of the National Agri-Science Fair, and they brought down a project in the Food Products and Processing System, Division 2. I have Allison Moose and Lily Lemons from the New Auburn FFA. So, Lily, what's your project all about? We tested strawberries to find a way to store them longer and fresh longer. And we compared a glass container covered with saran wrap to a Debbie Meyer green box to see. So which one stored them better? The Debbie Meyer green box. It wasn't by too much, but it was by just enough. So how long does it take to put together the information to have the results? Our project took um, 13 days to get our results. So once you get those results, what do you do with them? We um, put together a board and um, just compared the blemishes on the strawberries and how much the strawberry weighed. And I also mentioned that I have Allison Moose here. Now, nationals, this isn't your first step to competing. What were some of the steps along the way to get you here? We went to state for our project and we got a gold. And then from state, you qualified for nationals. How does that contest work? We did a virtual interview. Do you have to show pictures on how your project works or what? Um, the judges just asked us a lot of questions for about 14 minutes. What place were you in the nationals? We got fifth place. Congratulations. Let's take a little look into head to next year. Do you think you're going to do another science project, Lily? For sure. Any ideas on what direction you're going to go? I don't want to spoil it yet. All right. Well, we'll just leave that up to you. And, Allison, are you going to help Lily out with another project, or are you going to go a different direction? 
Um, possibly. We're still thinking about it and talking, I guess. Well, congratulations again on competing at the national level in the National Agri-Science Fair down here in Indianapolis at the 95th National FFA Convention. From New Auburn, some members that got to go across the big stage. And I'm Joe Welke. Lily Lemons, Allison Moose, and again, congratulations, finishing in fifth place. That's uh, That's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah, that's uh, congratulations in order. And again, thanks to Nason Vildary and H&S Manufacturing for sponsoring our reports from down at the uh, FFA convention. Almost a quarter after five, we got other news to look at. Got a big shot coming to the area. Midwest Family Eau Claire and Wax 104.5 are having the best holiday ever. We want to upgrade your freezer game. When a one-half hog from Smith Brothers meets in Colby and a chest freezer to store it in from Ebbsford Appliance. It's all part of our best holiday ever and another great upgrade from TDS. Find out more about the best holiday ever at AroundThe715.com and WaxRadio.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Coming up on 16 minutes after 5 o'clock. 59 degrees right now. Did tie the high temperature record yesterday around here of 75 degrees, but uh, I think that'll be <laughs> that'll be done till next spring. 65 today, partly cloudy chance of rain again on Friday and Saturday. Temperatures in the 40s and low 50s now for the next few days, and we'll check in with Mike Dandry here in just a little while to find out what's going on. Well, some uh, high-priority folks, Jill, coming to the area. You said it. Washington is coming to Wisconsin today. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and White House Domestic Policy Advisor Susan Rice will start this morning in Menominee County and then visit Chippewa County this afternoon. They will be here to highlight the area as a Rural Partners Network community and announce a significant investment to the area from the USDA that will help expand local and regional meat and poultry processing capacity. And USDA officials released the official October Class 3 milk price yesterday. That price was $21.81 a hundred, up 99 cents from September, and $3.98 more than last October. But that's $3.40 Lower than the May price of $21.21, which was the all-time Class 3 high Class 3 milk price. That also brings the average Class 3 price for the first 10 months of this year to $21.09. That's second only to 2014 when the Class 3 average was $22.34 a hundred. And we look at that Class 3 price. Now, we got that from one source. We usually verify it with about three or four. So uh, again, uh, twenty one eighty one is what the the one source said. So we'll be double checking that today, but it's going to be right in that area if it's not twenty one eighty one. And again, uh, again, looking back to May twenty five twenty one. What else is going on for those that are wanting to rent land? Be thankful you're in Wisconsin, I guess. <laughs> I bet. If you want to rent highly productive farmland in Iowa or Illinois, bring your checkbook. New rental rate numbers for 2022 were just released by the USDA, and they show that eight counties in Illinois and two in Iowa have the most expensive cash rents for this year. The most expensive counties to rent cropland are in Platte and Moultrie counties in Illinois, and rental rates are at $331 an acre. The highest land rent in Iowa this year was in Grundy County, where rents averaged $304 an acre. Six counties in Iowa and Illinois had rates over $300 this year. When it comes to the statewide average for land rentals, Iowa has the most expensive this year at $256 an acre versus Illinois at $243 an acre. The top states in land rental rates after Iowa and Illinois are Indiana, Nebraska, Minnesota, Ohio, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Missouri, and Michigan. Yeah, I know we've got land prices, uh, you know, Two fifty and better. So again, it's uh, it's getting expensive, and I know a lot of the older guys can. I used to buy land for that kind of a price, not rent it. So again, some pretty expensive land rental rates around the country in the heart of the Corn Belt. You'd expect it to be that high. 
Well, coming up, we're going to get an update on uh, another crop. Not corn, not soybeans, but a big crop here in Wisconsin. The cranberry crop and how the cranberry harvest is going in Wisconsin. I always call that the most beautiful harvest we have. And I'm sure yesterday with the, the sun shining, the warm temperatures, the trees turning colors and the blue sky and the red berries. Oh, man, it's gorgeous out there. But we'll get an update on what's going on as far as the cranberry harvest. Next on Wax, almost 20 minutes after 5, 59 degrees. We'll get about 65 today. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Most of the emphasis when we talk about the fall harvest on the corn and the soybeans, but there's another very important harvest underway. Bob Bolsold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and that's probably the most beautiful harvest of any crop we have. And we're talking charity about the cranberries. How's that coming? That's right, Bob. Cranberry harvest is finishing up, and while you may see the fruit floating on water, it doesn't actually grow in water. Cranberries grow on a vine, and that water that you're seeing is just part of that harvest process. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Najee Van Wyken, president of Weatherby Cranberry Company, explains more about harvesting cranberries. But first, we talk about her role on the marsh and how they got started. What I do presently on the marsh is during harvest season, I'm kind of a tour guide. So I accept charter bus groups, school groups. Then I also give personalized tours of our marsh and talk all about growing cranberries. And the guests get to see whatever we're doing on the day of their visit. Then when we have all the cranberries harvested on the marsh and we are fully focused on sorting and packing our cranberries, then I actually hand sort the berries and I'm the last person on the line to make sure that we have high quality berries going into our bags before they get to the grocery stores for the American consumer to enjoy. So harvest is underway. How is harvest going and are things on track compared to past years? Peak harvest is usually the first three weeks in October. Ours extends a little longer, an additional week because we do fresh fruit which is more time consuming and labor intensive. But everything seems to be on track. We have beautiful days to harvest and then we have some cold and windy days that we have to harvest in so we harvest in all types of weather. What challenges have you had to face this season and has the cold weather change or frost affected anything at all with harvest? Well the biggest challenge is our labor shortage. It's very hard to find enough help to harvest our crop especially when we're doing the outdoor work of harvesting because the weather sometimes can be very cold. We're doing pretty well with our fresh fruit packing and sorting process because that's indoors and the climate doesn't bother us as much for that. So we've had all types of weather so far in October. Actually, we've worked through the cold times and we've had morning frosts. And if we're doing a processed bed, sometimes we have to wait until the ice melts off the high water that floats the cranberries. But we're used to that. How is transportation affecting production? Okay, as far as our transportation, we do own all of our trucks and trailers to haul our floating or processed fruit to the receiving stations. So that has been going very well. The only problem is that labor again at the receiving stations is limited. So therefore, we as growers have been regulated as to how many semi-truck loads of berries we can deliver in a day. Sometimes we have to miss an entire day because they have to fit all the growers in. Some of the receiving stations did not get enough help to have a night shift. So that really bottlenecks things up. Otherwise, for our fresh fruit, our wholesaler does all the trucking for that. We have seen no problems with that. They're able to come and pick up our fruit on a timely basis when they say they are. How is supply chain and getting packaging items or even potentially parts for your assembly line here? That can be a problem. We looked into the issue early. So we ordered our products way early in the summer for the fall, and it was longer in waiting to get our products. They were also much more expensive than they have been in the past. So that affects our bottom line as well. And as far as parts for our equipment, that can sometimes be a problem. If we have a breakdown, to get a, a necessary part in time is sometimes crucial. Can you talk about the 
size of your operation day and take me through a typical day of your harvest season. On this particular marsh, we have approximately almost 200 acres, which is considered to be a medium-sized marsh for a larger marsh. And a uh, typical day here would be starting out, getting up early in the morning, 5.36, getting a good start on the day, deciding what process of harvest we're going to do that day, whether it's going to be for a processed product or for a fresh fruit, getting all the equipment lined up, being ready when our workers come at 8 in the morning to get started. And hopefully we can get done at a reasonable time at night at 5 or so, although the past week we've gone till 7 o'clock when we couldn't see any more out there, which is not usual, but it does happen because we want to get all the fruit off in a timely basis. Then a typical day will either be to fill all these semis up with floating berries to be taken to a receiving station or raking or picking the fresh fruit and bringing them up to our warehouse facility where they go through a dryer where large cold air fans dry the water moisture off the fruit before we store them into our huge cooler where we keep them until we're ready to sort and pack them. And then we will sort and pack from 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. And we'll continue that until about Thanksgiving time. And then we hope to have our fresh fruit all sorted and packed because we want it in those grocery stores for the consumer to buy them for the holiday season. Contrary to popular belief, cranberries do not grow in water. Can you touch a little bit on that so people maybe kind of understand the misconception there? Yes, that's a real misconception that people have. But we only see water in the beds during harvest time and the winter flood time. Otherwise, they do not grow in water. The root system likes to be moist, but they don't like to have wet feet. So we don't want it too wet in that bed either. And that's why they have a drainage ditch around the outside circumference of each better section where the vines grow. So it's a very fine line between moist and wet, but that's what the grower is always contending with. And then how much are you able to store on site? We store fresh fruit anywhere from one-fourth to one-third of our acreage here for fresh fruit. We don't store any more than that because that's very time-consuming and labor-conscious. There's just a small window of time that everybody wants to buy fresh cranberries. And when that holiday season is done, then they go to the sweet and dried cranberries, which are much more versatile, easier to store, and they use them all year long, whereas fresh is pretty much used for the holiday season or many people who love to cook with fresh berries then use the fresh frozen fruit. When winter hits and these marshes start to freeze over, what is your role then? Several duties. First of all, around Christmas time, we bring the water level up in the bed and it's called the winter flood. So we bring the water level up to a height where you do not see the cranberry vine sticking out of the water at all because on the tip of that vine is the bud for next year's crop, and we have to protect that. So we create 8 to 12 inches of ice, and then at the end of January, we fill up our dump trucks and put a sand spreader on the tailgate of the truck, drive right out onto that blanket of ice, spread a half-inch layer of sand on top of the ice, and then in late March, when the ice melts, the sand goes down to the base of the bed, and we do it for four important reasons. One is to keep that bed solid for all the harvest equipment to drive on in the fall. Second, it's a good stimulus for the root system of the plant. Thirdly, if we drain that bed after harvest and there's any trash laying in the water, it would drain to the base of the bed and you could have those piles of dead leaves have insect infestation in them. And so this half inch layer of sand that we apply is a natural biological way of getting rid of insects. Therefore, we don't have to use as many insecticides in the summer months. And fourthly, the way the vine grows, besides the short upright that produces the fruit hanging on it, it also grows a long vegetative runner. If we can push that long vegetative runner into the ground with this half inch layer of sand, up will come new short uprights in the spring that produce fruit and so we're increasing the productivity on your bed. So that's one piece of work that we do during the winter months. And also, because there's only 250 growers in the state. Big machine companies are not interested in building us specialized machines to use for cranberry harvest and for use during 
the summer months. So the cranberry growers themselves take pride in the fact that they like to create, design, and build their own specialized cranberry equipment. And they do that in their shops during the winter months and then also go over their pieces of equipment that they have on a year-round basis so that they are all in good working condition when they need them. And again, that's uh, Najee Van Wyken. You think she knows something about the cranberry industry? I think so. She's a great, great spokesperson for the industry and also, of course, her own uh, cranberry beds that that, uh, the Van Wykens have down there in central Wisconsin. So, uh, Najee. Let's take a look at markets. Rocky's going to join us next for more Premier Livestock. they got a lot going on. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 29 minutes before 6 o'clock already. we got to get to Premier Livestock. Rocky's got to have breakfast. We can't hold him up. Rocky's over there at Premier. Morning, Rocky. Good morning. Well, it's uh, been an awful nice week weather-wise. Has it been a nice week price-wise for the markets? Uh, thank you, Bob. I'll tell you about that. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up at Premier. Very big dairy cattle auction yesterday. Sold 297 head of dairy cattle. Uh, three complete herd dispersals. Many very high-quality reputation loads of top-end supreme fresh cows. Uh, those top-end fresh cows bring in two to 3,000. Uh, several big loads of fresh cows averaging from 21 to 2450. Uh, lots of them, t- them fans Fancy, fancy kind of cows from twenty-five to three thousand. Many other good cows, uh, fourteen to nineteen seventy-five. Top spring and heifers, fourteen to two thousand. Uh, lesser quality and blemish cows and spring and heifers, thirteen seventy-five and down. Next week, uh, Wednesday's dairy cattle auction. Uh, we do have a ninety-cow registered Jersey herd dispersal. It's going to be all the cows, all the young stock, very sharp herd of cows. Uh, it's coming from Oak Ridge Jerseys, the Tissel family out of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. The full catalog is up on, on our website, uh, three-generation pedigree catalog. Also selling, we got an elite group of 25 top-end fresh heifers, parlor freestyle, 40 years of AI breeding behind them. They're coming from Tower Dairy out of Minnesota. All the details, like I said, on these auctions at our website, uh, premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, re- machinery auction, November 18th. Uh, don't forget, uh, this coming Monday is the last day to bring any consignment. Uh, we have no options for a machinery deliveries this Friday, so do not bring that. We are having our horse auction. Uh, we're expecting 250 horses this Friday. You won't get in the parking lot, and you probably won't get back out, so do not bring any equipment Friday. Uh, questions, call us at Premier, 715-229-2500, and that's how it's shaped up, Bob. So what time does that horse sale start? I think they get going... Uh, I think they start on tack at eight thirty, and I believe horses start at ten. I believe that. And I can, t- <laughs> I know Kenny's a horseman, and uh, it's a necessary evil in your mind, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the cow guy, and hey, he does a good job with it, and let him run. <laughs> oh, that's a, good. now he's going to be what? Uh, driving horses, draft horses, it, riding horses, it, or what? It was a primarily a driving draft horse or. A draft horse auction, but it sounds like we got quite a few drivers too, and that catalog is also up on the website. All the times and details are on there also. All right, sounds like a plan. Have a good one, Rocky. You too. Thank you. There he goes. That's uh, Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in Withy. Get a lot of things going on over there, as always. Well, what's going on with our weather? Let's find out. Brought to you by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. As we go over to Skywarn 13, and Mike Dandry is there, and we got there yesterday, huh, Mike? We tied it. We didn't break it. Well, we got there, that's all. We did, and everybody knows how much I love record-breaking or tying days, but there's a little bit of disappointment that goes into tying it. <laughs> did any yeah, I know it's like kissing your sister, as they say. Anybody, <laughs> how many... <laughs> How many people did break record? Must have been some that broke some records, didn't they? Lacrosse broke a record yesterday, so theirs was the same as ours. It was seventy-five degrees for their record, but they did hit uh, seventy-six degrees. So we did break some records around here, but it'll be warm today. Not a record-breaking day, though, as we'll have highs mostly into the upper sixties. We'll start off with some sunshine, but then a few clouds start to roll in. Another breezy one, winds out of the south between about 10 to 15 miles per hour. Now tomorrow, tonight into tomorrow, 
That's where we'll have a few chances at some showers, possibly a few November thunderstorms, too. And those showers linger on into Friday and Saturday as well, with highs only into about the mid-40s on Saturday, upper 40s for tomorrow. Sunday sunshine returns, and that stays into Monday, with highs into the low to mid-50s. Tuesday brings another chance at some showers and uh, highs into the mid-50s. Wednesday, a little warmer into the upper 50s and low 60s. Another chance at some showers heading our way as well. Otherwise, right now, we are starting to clear out in a temperature of 58 degrees in Eau Claire. And you say showers, so not heavy rains. Well, towards the south, things look to be a little heavier through uh, tomorrow. But for most of us, it does look like we could see just a few periods of that. But uh, a slow, steady rain is what it's looking like more so on Saturday. And uh, Saturday afternoon, I should say, when things start to taper off. Oh, boy. I was going to the Badger game. I'm going to be sitting in Camp Randall in the rain. That's what it looks like it might be. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, bring the poncho. I guess so. We've done it before. <laughs> we'll do it again. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob. Have a good one. You bet. There's Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our Weather on Wax, brought to you by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost 22 minutes before 6 o'clock, 58 degrees right now. we got to catch up with Morgan in the newsroom and see what's going on. And first of all, Morgan, I have to apologize. Oh, yeah. Why is that? I didn't win Powerball. I was going to take you away from all this. <laughs> oh, we can, well, we can For dream. a life of luxury. You know what? If you buy a <laughs> ticket, I hear it helps. Well, <laughs> well marginally. You got a better chance to win, I guess, but not much of a better chance. That's okay. We I held out for the big jackpot. Uh, it rolls over to $1.5 billion now. Can you imagine how many tickets were sold and how many... You know, people, the other day I was in line behind some guy that bought $100 worth of tickets. You're kidding me. No, but uh, all these people that work together all buy Oh, sure, they pull in money and all that. their money, but... uh, You know, uh, Alex came out of the gas station yesterday with a ticket in his hand, so I have a new bookmark today. Pretty happy to use that. Good for him. If anyone needs a gum wrapper around the office. Well, he's thinking of you. That's the main thing. What's going on? From the 715 Newsroom, we are going to start with headlines that keep us in our area. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today, and that includes an update in a close race that remains close. We're coming up on Election Day, and according to the latest Marquette Law School poll, it's going to stay tight. 715 Newsroom coverage from John DeMaster talks about what came from those numbers. The latest Marquette Law School poll shows both the race between Governor Tony Evers and Tim Michaels and the race between Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson and Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes are deadlocked. Johnson has a slight two-point lead according to the poll, but that's well within the poll's margin of error. Pollsters say 10% of Democrats in Wisconsin have already voted. There are signs that Republicans are just as energized to vote next week. I'm John DeMaster. On that related note, when it comes to those campaigns, the latest campaign finance reports show Governor Tony Evers has outspent Republican Tim Michaels by $12.5 million so far this year. The governor has spent more than $37 million since January, while Michaels' campaign has spent about $25 million. Those numbers don't include all of the spending from outside groups in the race. Politicos say Wisconsin's race for governor is the most expensive in the country. In headlines that bring us closer to our area, the lawyer for the teen accused of killing Lily Peters says it's unfortunate the case is taking so long. Prosecutors are asking the judge in the case to speed things up, saying that delaying a decision on whether the suspect will be charged as an adult is delaying justice for the family. But the suspect's lawyer said the next hearing date in August of next year is the first time when he, the judge, and DA can all be together in the same courtroom. Lily was killed last April. Into some other headlines, we connect the dots between COVID and your computer. The state of Wisconsin makes it easier to get coronavirus treatment medication. Connecting those dots a little bit, the Wisconsin Department of Health Services announced a free telehealth service to streamline access to antivirals treatment. Dr. John Mayman, chief medical officer with DHS, saying... With the telehealth service that we're rolling out here, the um, uh, licensed clinical provider who can prescribe these medications, uh, they're available 12 hours a day, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., seven days a week. Um, so every day of the week, somebody will be available. Anyone 18 or older who tests positive for COVID-19 can get a free telehealth consultation at short notice and then, if eligible, get prescribed an oral antiviral pill. Without a pharmacy, you could get them shipped overnight. More information online, 715newsroom.com. 
And what's a hoed egg? Who knows? It's number one, though. Northern Wisconsin High School has been chosen as having the best mascot in the country. SB Live Sports says the Rhinelander hoed eggs recently got over 183,000 votes in the best sports mascot in America competition. The next closest one got just uh, over 72,000, so one by quite a nose. The hoed egg has been in the Rhinelander High School mascot since 1893. And our very own mascot, our favorite here locally, is in the barn, and we go back there now with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. You know, I've often wondered that myself, you know, Rhinelander Hodag, the Hodag Festival. Mm-hmm. What's a Hodag? I don't know. No, I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, it looks a little bit like a dragon when you see it, but uh, yeah, it's number one. That's what it is, I guess. Mm. Well, good for them. they yeah. got a lot going on in Rhinelander. Lots to be proud of. All right, well... You know, keep your bag packed because I plan to buy another Powerball ticket. And if we win, we're out of here. I have it set in the newsroom, Bob. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? Yeah, that's what okay. that is. It's all ready to go. Right. Well, I good. even brought snacks, and so it's a carry-on We day. don't need snacks. We're going to have <laughs> top-shelf hors d'oeuvres. I believe it. All right, see you later. Anytime, Bob. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning as we're 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. 58 degrees. We've got about 65 today. Partly cloudy and another breezy day. Find a room in the, the garage or the basement for a chest freezer. we got something coming up for you. Midwest Family Eau Claire and Wax 104.5 are having the best holiday ever. We want to upgrade your freezer game. When a one-half hog from Smith Brothers meets in Colby and a chest freezer to store it in from Ebbsford Appliance. It's all part of our best holiday ever and another great upgrade from TDS. Find out more about the best holiday ever at AroundThe715.com and WaxRadio.com. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we've got markets to get to. A lot of sale barn activity over the area, but we want to say congratulations to, well, Chippewa Falls. What a busy place. The Chippewa Falls, again, this last weekend, their equestrian team won a WIA state horse contest down in Madison, uh, riding and all kinds of events. I think that's about nine years in a row the Chai High Equestrian Team has won that contest. We know the volleyball team is going down to Madison for the state volleyball tournament, but that's not all. For the second year in a row, the Chippewa Falls FFA won the Chippewa County Dairy Evaluation Clinic held recently at Woodmar Jer- Jerseys near Bloomer. Chai High beat second place Stanley Boyd by one and a quarter points. 138 students took part in the contest as student judges also came from Bloomer, Cadott, and Cornell. Bailey Berg of Chippewa Falls was a top individual, with Trevor Kristoff of Stanley Boyd finishing second, and Natalie Schuler from Chai High taking third. All right, also, if uh, your family farm has been in your family for a long time, like a century or 150 years, it's time for you to fill out your application to be recognized as a centennial or sesquicentennial farm and be recognized down at the state fair. You can get those uh, applications in to the state fair. The deadline is uh, Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. So you got a few days, but start thinking about it now and pull the history of your farm together and uh, be recognized down at the state fair. But Century and sesquicentennial farms. And we've got markets coming up. It's a quarter to six at WAC. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And those wheat and grain numbers at the Chippewa Falls location. Corn's at 633 with soybeans at 1368. And Connersville location. Corn's at 633 with soybeans at 1358. And we're going to head on over to Barren Equity and hear what Amber has to say about their market. Fed cattle unfinished steers and heifers sold from $1.14 and down. Cow cows, the top 20% sold from 67 to 77, topping out at 77.50. 60% sold from 53 to 66, and the bottom 20% sold from 52 and down. Cow bulls sold from 60 to 99. Calves, quality Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to 125. Quality Holstein heifer calves sold from 82.50 and down. Light and poor quality calves sold from 50 and down. Beef calves sold from 50 to 185. Our next sheep, goat, small animal, and beef sale is November 12th at 10 a.m. If you have any questions, please contact Al at 608-477-5825. Thank you, and have a good day. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's almost 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, 58 degrees out there, and it's time to hear what Hut Eamon has to say about Sparta equity markets. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 152 to 161. The Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 141 to 151. The Dairy Cross Steers 130 to 145. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 135 to 142 with a top of 146. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers 124 to 134 with the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 123 and down. Call market steady today with the Highland Cow is 75 to 85 cutters and utilities. 59 to 74 with the low yielding and canner cows 58 and down. Bull market steady with most bulls ringing 85 to a dollar with a thin full and bulls over a ton discount at 84 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing from 80 to 150. The quality Holstein heifer calves 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves $2 to 350 with the light and poor quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Thursday, November 3rd for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale with dairy cattle starting at 12 noon followed by feeders at 12.30. This is Hut aiming to Equity Labs like in Sparta with this marketing update and we thank you for your business. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. More markets. We're heading over to the uh, market at Stratford, the Equity Stratford sale. Barn Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Well, what'd you do yesterday in 75 degree temperatures? I suppose you were out sunbathing. No, actually, to be honest with you, I went to the woods and made some wood. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that because it probably won't be long. You will need it. It's uh, 67 today, then 40s and 50s from here on out, and we know where we go from there, but not bad yesterday. Well, what's, uh, what's been going on so far over there at Stratford this week, Jer? All right, Bob, we'll tell the folks about that, and I thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And uh, summary from yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity, uh, Equity Stratford, we had the uh, large feeder cattle sale yesterday. Again, most of the feeder cattle yesterday were in the beef line, and we'll give the prices on them. Lightweight beef steers yesterday, selling from 145 to 180. Middleweight beef steers yesterday, mostly from 135 to 177 and a half. Your heavier beef steers uh, from 120 to 168. Lightweight beef heifers, 140 to 175. Middleweight beef heifers, 130 to 172. Heavier beef heifers from 110 to 140. Like I said, uh, most of the feeder cattle yesterday were beef. Uh, we did have some Holsteins, though, and most of those sold from 95 to $1.16 on the Holsteins. Now we'll get to the market auction yesterday on the Fed Cattle Trade, Choice Grading Holstein Steers. We're selling from $1.16 to $1.32. Select cattle, underfinished cattle, 112 and below. On the cow market yesterday, high-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows selling from 72 to 84 Most of the cows are yesterday and this week selling from 52 to 72 Thinner cows. 50 and back. On the bull trade, better quality bulls, mostly from 85 up to 105. Lighter bulls, 82 and below. Calf market weaker on the bull calves yesterday. Uh, better quality bull calves, 9,230 pounders on yesterday's auction from 50 to 125. Heifer calves, 35 and below. Beef calves, good demand yet, 150 up to 300 on yesterday's sale. We are at Thursday here in Stratford. We start this morning at 11 o'clock, market, uh, full marketing date here. We sell market cows, conventional market cows, fed cattle, bulls, baby cows. We'll get to those about 1230 this afternoon. And just keep in mind, our next, uh, our next hay sale will be next Tuesday, November 8th. Next dairy auction will be uh, November 15th. And our next feeder sale next Wednesday, November 9th. And, Bob, that's about all we have for you folks this morning. And I see that you and Jill uh, did not win the big money either, so you're at work like the rest of us. Yeah, and I think we'll stay. It'll stay that way for quite a while. <laughs> a billion and a half. Somebody's going to win it, and good luck to them. But uh, I don't expect it will be us. Saturday when night. When is the next truck? Saturday, Saturday night. night. You bet. So you got time to get your tickets. All right. Well, if you don't hear from me on Monday, you'll know what happened. Yeah, we will. All right. Well, it's be, been nice knowing you, Jer. Have a good one. We'll talk to you hopefully later on. Now we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right. We'll have Jerry with us tomorrow with more markets. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the rest of our markets this morning brought to you by Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland Board of Trade. Beans were higher yesterday in the day trade. Good soy oil demand. Corn and wheat were lower on this uh, uncertainty over exports out of Ukraine because of the Russian-Ukrainian situation overnight. December corn down five to six cents at six eighty one. The oats down eight at three eighty three. 
December wheat down 13 at 832. March soybeans down 14 at 1446. And a soybean meal for December down 340 a ton at $421.10. And Jill, again, some country elevator numbers. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 633 with soybeans at 1368. At the Connersville location, corn's at 633 with soybeans at 1358. On the DTM screen, Golden Plump has corn today at 642. In Baldwin and Mondovi, the corn is 627, beans 1345. Duran, 617 to 1334. Corn at Elmwood, 627, beans 1349. At Fall Creek, corn is at 612, beans 1309. At Osseo, 632 and 1349. Elk Mound, the corn is 627, beans 1354. Sparta, 627 and 1340. Ellsworth, corn 607. Beans at 1295. Ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley, corn 632. New Richmond Grain Facility, 630 a bushel. Barrel cheese up a penny at 197. Blocks up one and three quarters at 197 and three quarters. Double A butter down another nine cents yesterday, down to 261. November class three up nine at 2068. December down four at 1906. January up eight at 1890. February up seven at 1927. March up seven at 1950. And before we leave you, again, uh, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack and White House Domestic Policy Advisor Susan Rice will be in Chippewa County this afternoon to highlight the area as a rural partners network community and announce a significant investment to the area from the USDA that will help expand local and regional meat and poultry processing capacity. And Osseo is going to be uh, having a big meeting tonight. Yeah, come out and join the Osseo Fairchild FFA alumni and supporters for their first meeting. That's tonight at 6 o'clock at Northwoods Brew Pub. Putting together an FFA alumni organization is what I'm kind of reading between the lines? Yep, working to put together. There used to be an FFA alumni around there, but it's been kind of dormant for a while. So FFA alumni and supporters. And you do not have to be a former FFA member to join. Absolutely. Get out there and support Amelia, the new ag teacher down there, and her students. What time? It's 6 o'clock tonight at Northwoods Brew Pub. Down there in Osseo. So get it on. 67 today, partly cloudy and breezy. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. <laughs>